Presentation Skills for Design Students, Episode 32. Are you a design student or graduate who wants to succeed in the professional world? If so, keep listening. I'm Christina Cantor, former architect turned communication skills coach, and you are about to discover how to get noticed, land your dream job, and have an outrageously successful career. It's all about being able to speak, present, and communicate like a boss. Welcome to the Presentation Skills for Design Students podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm doing something a little bit different today. I'm recording this outside in the garden, so you might hear some birds and some rustling. So just just letting you know. This week's episode is all about freelancing. Should you do it? How do you do it? And what challenges will you face? And to help me out, I'm bringing on a very special guest. It's Nick Parks from Launching Creative, a company that's dedicated to helping all creatives out there become business savvy professionals. But first, I have a very special announcement to make. Now, I've been learning a lot about what sort of content would help you the most. And I've been discovering that a lot of people have difficulties with finding graduate positions and also with just preparing for their job interviews. So I have decided that I am going to offer private coaching sessions. And no, location doesn't matter. It's why I love Skype. Yes, so if you are struggling to find a job or if you're really nervous about an upcoming interview, I'm here to help. So if this sounds like it would be of value to you or of value to someone you know, just send an email to christina at designdrawspeak.com and we'll set up a 15-minute preliminary call uh, that's of no charge, of course, just to see if my style of coaching is right for you. I'm super excited about this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so let's get to the interview with one of my favorite fellow podcasters, Mr. Nick Parks. Nick and his business partner, David Rock, have a podcast as well as a blog, which you can find on their site at launchingcreative.com. So if you're a designer or an artist and you are thinking about starting your own business as a freelancer, definitely check out their podcast. They've got lots and lots of great content there. But in the meantime, stay tuned for the interview. Please welcome the very lovely Nick Parks. It's such a pleasure having you on the show today. Yeah, Christina, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Now, not only are you a talented designer, you are also a savvy businessman, which is why I wanted to get you on the show today. Can you please just give our listeners an overview of yourself and and what you do? Sure. And thank you so much for the kind words. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So for me, I'm the co-founder of a company called Launching Creative. And so David, who's my business partner, he and I just really, we collaborated and started this business, uh, I guess, at the end of 2013, because we just saw a problem out there that a lot of creatives just, they, they weren't taught how to run a business. They, they were taught the technical skills within their craft, but they just didn't know how to price themselves, how to come up with contracts, how to find clients or market themselves. And these were things that they're very scary questions to face. It was very scary for me when I graduated from college. And um, so really, we just we decided, you know what, we'll just kind of 
uh, team up and put all this content out there and just share things as we learn. Uh, it's not to say we know everything there is to know, but we can share mistakes we make and victories we have and um, just kind of share the process as we experience it. Yeah, I love that. And that's definitely something that's that's needed. And which is why, like, I think everyone listening, you really need to pay attention to what Nick is saying, because he's sharing, he shares all his experiences. And, and it's definitely a great journey to learn from as well. Nick, with all my podcast interviewees, I like to ask them about the two things. It's based on the idea that any topic or subject can be distilled down into just two things that you need to know. And everything else is either an application of those two things or it's just not important. And one example that I found online are the two things about web programming. Number one, control C, and number two, control V. <laughs> so anyone who's done any sort of programming or coding would probably know that, yeah, that's that's pretty much all there is to it. So I, I, I quite like that. So Nick, what I'd like to ask you, as a business owner and as someone who I know does a lot of freelancing, what are your two things about dealing with clients who know nothing about design? Sure, no, that's a really good question. Um, Let's see, and I, I really like that, the Control-C and Control-V. Uh, if I can just go on a little rabbit hole, that's true in design too, and especially in a Mac, Command-Z. <laughs> <for undo. laughs> okay. Sorry, Mac users, I left you out. <laughs> uh, so undo is uh, it's a lifesaver. But no, the two things I would say would be um, just having patience. One of the things that I've learned is that um, just having a background in interactive design, so graphic design, web design, is just that my knowledge really is a specialized knowledge. I mean, that's what I went to college for. That, that's what my degree is in. And when you become so absorbed in your little bubble, you, you tend to think that everybody knows what you know or that your specialized knowledge is common knowledge. And there are actually a lot of resources out there, even this website called clientsfromhell.net. A lot of designers think it's fun and it's funny, and I'll admit it can be entertaining, but at the same time, I, I would take a different approach and say the designers are the ones who are being kind of mean. They're, they're ridiculing their clients for not knowing these things. Sure, it, it's a bad suggestion to say, could we use Comic Sans or could we have you know, this neon colored green in the background? Those are bad suggestions, but they don't know. And, and so being the expert, just I would say have the patience and explain to them, well, this is design. It's, it's not art. So it's not about what you want. It's more about what what is your target demographic going to respond to and how are you going to appeal to them? So this is why we choose this color. This is why we choose this typeface. And if you can give a logical explanation, you can really just lead the client at, because you are a leader in this particular instance. I guess the second one, the second tip would just be really just not being aggressive, but just asserting yourself in finding clients. Uh, an analogy that I heard one time was not to be a clam. <laughs> a clam kind of sits there in the ocean and opens its opens itself up and it waits for its prey, not that your client should be prey, but waits for its prey to actually land inside its mouth and then eats it. But you should really be more like a shark where you're actually chasing people down and, and kind of wearing them down. And basically what that means is just sending out emails, following up with them, making some phone calls, putting yourself out there on social media because these clients aren't really just going to fall in, in, into place. You really need to track them down and say, well, these are the services I offer. Here are my rates. Here are my prices. 
what can I do to help you? How can I serve you? That's the skill in itself to get out there and to approach people. And that's where good communication skills really do come into it. I really like those two things. Now, <laughs> now, now Nick, I wanted to talk to you about freelancing because it's something that you've done quite a lot of. And I'm sure it's something that a lot of students have been thinking about or maybe they're already doing it. So I just want to pick your brains and, and have you share some tips with our listeners as to how they can start their careers off as maybe freelancing or doing it as they're studying. So how long have you been freelancing for? That's a good question. I guess I started in, that would have been 2011 was when I started doing some real, I guess, quote unquote, real world freelance work. So a few years. And yeah, I guess some of the tips I've learned, I mean, one of the first things I did, I, I just kind of reached out to my own personal network. My first client I ever had uh, was my, my girlfriend at the time. Now she's my wife, but Molly's boss. She was working part time at a bridal boutique store and they needed a website. So I, I did some work for them. And uh, yes, yeah, so I said, I guess my suggestion would be reach out to people just in your own personal network. You never know uh, who, who's separated by one degree. So just reach out to your friends and your family. And I'm sure they know of some people who need, maybe it's a website or a sign or a logo, whatever it is you're wanting to specialize in, you can definitely do that. And I would say the sooner you can start, maybe if you are in college, it would be great to start doing that on the side because when you first begin, there there is a chance that people might not have a budget if you are reaching out to a friend of a friend. That that, that can really be tricky <laughs> if you if you do have bills and let's say you, you do have an apartment or a house and, and you do have expenses that need to be met. If you're still kind of in that, you have that cushion because you're still in school and maybe you have a meal plan or you're living in the dorm or, or whatever, you can kind of take that hit. So even if you're not getting paid as much as you would like to get paid, you're still building your portfolio. And I know this is probably some controversial advice because other people would say never, ever, ever do free work. I think you can leverage free work as long as you're not being taken advantage of. So don't go on Craigslist and do something for free. But if it is someone within your own personal network, if it's a friend of a friend, and you really see, well, hey, Maybe I'm not getting what, what I would like to get in payment, but this could open doors or I could showcase this work that could bring paying gigs. I would say go for it. That, that could be a good strategy. Yeah, and especially if you approach someone with a pretty high profile or if they've got quite a successful business, but they've got a really bad looking website. And of course, we're talking, I mean, your, your background is in graphic design, web design, that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. for people who have those sorts of skills, maybe you can approach someone who, yeah, has a great successful business, a lot of customers, a lot of potential traffic that would be going to their site. If you can help them out, then you're going to get automatically a lot more exposure uh, for that. So that's a great way to start, as you said, Nick, a great way to start building your portfolio so that when you do graduate, you've already got something there, like, an, and not just project, like, not just schoolwork, but real life work that people can actually go online and see. Yeah, sure. And if I can just really go, go along with what you were saying, I, I, I think that's great as well to really reach out to some, some of the bigger names. Uh, I think that is a really great strategy, even if you don't get paid, because if you, if you do work, I because um, let's see, what's a good example? But if it's a bigger name and you're able to do some kind of project for them and you can put that 
in your portfolio and their name is on your website, that can really bring a lot of clout to your name. And people are going to look at that and, and their first reaction more than likely will not be, oh, I wonder how much they made. I wonder if they did that for free. You know, are they trying to, to trick me? It's probably what they're going to think is, wow, this person's pretty legitimate. They, they got to do a project for so-and-so. Uh, they must be pretty good. I'll check them out. And so I think that's a pretty good strategy too. Yeah, definitely. And then even if you're, say, going for a job interview, say, say if you graduate and then go looking for work, that having that portfolio is going to really help as well. Just and show and that shows them that you are proactive and you're you can go out there and, and source your own clients. So that's so it's just gonna be beneficial all around really. Yeah, definitely. I think just showing that that drive makes all the difference in the world. And you know, I don't want to say this just to, to toot my own horn or anything, but I, I do remember thinking that sitting there in college thinking, wow, there, there are people in this room who are more talented than me. They're, they're more talented artists um, or, or they're more talented designers. But then I would kind of sit back and think, but you know what? There, there are a lot of people, even if they're a more talented artist, there's more to the equation than that. And whether, whether you're wanting to be a freelancer full time or if you're wanting to work your way up the corporate ladder and, and freelance on the side, whatever your goals may be, I think having that drive and that ambition is really, really the, I guess, the secret sauce, if you want to call it that. <laughs> and uh, even if that means taking on different internships, I, I ended up doing three internships, even though one was only required. But these these opportunities, I, I, I've, I guess I kind of trained myself in a way to see opportunity. And I thought, you know what, even if I don't need this anymore, because I've already met my requirement to graduate, this could really open some doors. And I guess long story short, one of those internships, some of the relationships I was able to build from this company, I mean, these were the people who encouraged me to move to New York City. At the time, I was in Arkansas, which is where I was born and raised. And so it's one of those things, whether you see short-term monetary gain or you see uh, relationships that are built, or you see just kind of this, you, you don't even see it for a few years, but you, you kind of look back years down the road and think, wow, this relationship with this person led me here, which led me here, and now... Now look at where I am. You just never know where it could lead you. So I would say really, really just look for reasons to, to show drive and ambition. I think that'll make you stand apart. What challenges did you face when you first got started freelancing? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I guess that goes back to just being really scared. I think first and foremost, I felt completely alone, especially as a freelancer, because you're just working from home, you're working out of your living room or, or you go to a cafe. But the thing about that is, especially in, in a city like New York, where the cost of living is very high, you, you kind of question that, well, do I really want to spend, even, even if it is $2, $3 for coffee, do I want to spend more money just to sit there and work or to sit there and, and send out emails? So you can find yourself just working from home, being isolated from people, which can feel very, very lonely. And I would say some of the other challenges were really just not knowing how to price myself because there are definitely people who they just want to know a price and, and if they don't understand that you as the designer need information you need to know what the scope of the project is how long it's going to take if certain resources will be provided for you if, if you don't know this information how are you supposed to give them a, a ballpark estimate on price but they might want to know a price right then and right there and it's very difficult to price a service 
versus a product. So if you're an entrepreneur and you have a product, let's say, oh, just off the top of my head, let's say you're selling a book and you've self-published and you kind of know, well, it costs this much for manufacturing, this much for shipping, and now I know I want to make X amount of dollars in profit for each one sold. It's a little more of like a math problem to kind of find that price, but when it's service, it can be really scary because it's intangible, it's not real. And so for me, it was just kind of wondering, well, how much do I charge? I don't know what I'm worth. And am I, am I ripping them off? Am I making them mad? Am I selling myself short? And so there was a lot of anxiety in that. And then also, I guess, just finding a community of like-minded creatives. That was another struggle because I, I think just having the, those friendships and those relationships and having those people who can just lift you up when you're feeling down, um, that also makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, having those people as mentors would be really helpful. And I guess you could ask them as well what they would charge and what they were charging once when they first got started. How did you go about finding people who were like you and that could offer support? Hmm, that's another really good question. I mean, yeah, you know, sometimes it's just trial and error uh, because I, I had really reached out to, to one designer and thought he would really take on that role and kind of be a mentor. But everything was just too philosophical and it wasn't practical enough. Uh, and so I'd ask, hey, I, I've got this project and they need an answer right now. Could you please help me? What do I tell them? How much do I charge? What is this going to cost? And I just had a lot of fear and anxiety and I was fresh out of college and I didn't know. And instead of helping me, the answers were more along the lines of, well, just charge what feels right to you. And I'm not going to give you a number. You just do what feels right. But that didn't help me. So I would say for me to just, you know, I, I guess just it's almost like dating, <laughs> as strange as that may sound. You may have some bad experiences, uh, but that doesn't mean the whole thing was a failure, and that doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means, I, I guess you could even look at it like the, the Thomas Edison with the light bulb thing. Now you know what you're not looking for in a mentor or a friend. So just kind of take that experience and say, okay, that didn't really work out. I'm looking for someone who maybe they, they can be more practical and actionable in their advice. And I would say, you know, use Twitter to your advantage. Twitter, Instagram, email, you, it's, it is really easy to track people down and almost become like a stalker. But you're not a stalker because all their information is there. But you can just reach out to them, email them. And people are flattered when you ask them questions and you ask them about themselves and you ask them for advice. It, I think it's easy to think you might be really irritating them or you're weirding them out but I would say just go for it and, and you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah Twitter's been absolutely awesome it's a great way to connect with people and you can easily search on Twitter as well and and find like look for keywords like um, like like freelance or web design and see what other people out there are doing and then see how they did it and ask them questions all that's going to really help. So, yeah, really good advice there, Nick. Well, thanks. What advice do you have for students who might be thinking about starting, getting started with freelancing but not quite sure? You know, they're wondering, you know, is it even worth it? I don't even know if I, like, maybe I just want to work for someone once I graduate. You know, if someone's kind of on the fence or just thinking about it, what's some advice or some tips you can give them that's going to just give them that, that boot up the bum to, like, get them started? I would say, yeah, there, there's really, there's nothing wrong with, with doing both. I mean, freelancing can be extremely difficult. It, you can do it, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that to dissuade anyone, but 
if that does mean you, you need to get a job and then you kind of have that that stable income and it's just consistent and your your expenses are being met and then you can freelance on the side because it also takes time to build that clientele and, and not only that but projects can and they definitely have for me and I know they have for my business partner David they can fall apart at the very last minute after you've put in a lot of work and just with the proposal getting everything together which uh, can definitely be discouraging so if you do have a job just you're an employee somewhere that's totally fine and there are a lot of people that's what they want they want to work for someone and and work their way up as far as a career that's fine as well but for other people yeah maybe it means getting a job working for someone and, and then just taking on freelance on the side and kind of going to networking events or going online and finding clients and so I mean some people what they do they they kinda get a job and work there for a while and as as bad as this may sound they kind of make their mistakes on their employers dime <laughs> so if they make a mistake um, the it's not devastating to them personally they they might kind of get get a talking to from their boss but it doesn't mean that that their whole freelancing business is just going to crumble um, that I would say very seldom happens but you know maybe you need to make more of a smooth transition so you, you have your job and you figure out okay this is my income this is kinda what I've made what I make per year or you can break it down to an hourly rate maybe you find out what the market says you're worth based on your experience and your education and you can kind of adjust accordingly and and you might have another way of charging an hourly rate with your freelance business and you know what you can just make a smooth transition over time to do that full-time and then maybe you have more control over your schedule and you're able to kind of dictate your schedule more maybe you don't want the nine to five um, you know it's just I guess it's different for everyone and everybody has different goals and so it's just finding what that definition is for you and striving to make it a reality what do you love most about freelancing as opposed to working for someone else you know, for me, uh, it's being able to do things even like this, Christina, how we're at, at the time of this recording. It's it's 1130 in the morning right now on a Friday, which I <laughs> could never do <laughs> Yeah. when I had a nine to five. And I, I'm a, I like Tim Ferriss. You and I have talked about it, talked about him before. David and I have talked about Tim Ferriss. And I think when you're a freelancer, you are just, you're almost just pushed to just being the most efficient version of yourself. Everything is about efficiency because you realize, well, hey, the, the more quickly the more quickly I can finish this project, the more time I have. Um, maybe that means you can just go out and go to the park and enjoy the day. Maybe it means you're able to take on more work and make more money. It's different for everyone. But I found myself when I did have that day job sitting in a cubicle under fluorescent lighting all day long, there, there just wasn't that incentive to be more efficient because I knew I was there from nine to five I kinda knew what my boss's expectation was for me so the bar was fairly low but when you take on that freelance or that entrepreneurial role uh, you're, you're just always wanting to push yourself and get better yeah it really forces you to step up doesn't it it really does it's amazing I love that look if anyone who is still studying now and they just have this this desire to go out there and have their own clients and do their own work. You know, don't be afraid to start looking for clients now and just start doing these little jobs, even if it's just a, a little logo design or maybe doing some Photoshop work or doing some Pinterest stuff for someone else. You never know where that's going to lead you. And of course, 
practicing dealing with clients in that in those situations is going to help you with your communication skills, which is then going to help you uh, get bigger clients later down the track and potentially get that awesome job that you really, really want. All right, Nick, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. And thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with our listeners. Yeah. Thanks again for having me, Christina. It's, it's, I could talk about this stuff all day. (laughs) I get very passionate and definitely geek out about it. So I appreciate the opportunity. And we could talk about this all day, couldn't we? Because we yeah, don't have we have jobs to go to. <laughs> it's true. If, if people want to find out more about you and what you and David are doing with Launching Creative, if they want to find out more about how to launch their own business as an amazing creative person, where can they find you? Sure. The best place is just launchingcreative.com. And we're pretty much everywhere on social media. And I mean, you can find all the links on our website, and you'll you'll also find Christina there because we interviewed her on our podcast. Um, so yeah, launchingcreative.com. I, I appreciate the plug because I, I really think we just strive to make it a great resource for creatives, and uh, I think you'll really like what you see there. Thanks again, Nick, for coming on the show, and I guess I'll talk to you soon. All right, that sounds great. Take care. You too. Thanks again, Christina. Be sure to check out Nick and David's podcast at launchingcreative.com. And if you check out their YouTube channel, actually, you might just see my face on there. Maybe breaking out into song. Or maybe not. I'll let you find out for yourself. Actually, Nick was talking about pricing. And and since we did this interview, he and David have actually created a free guide on how to price yourself as a freelancer. So if you're feeling unsure or anxious about how to about how to charge for your services, just go to launchingcreative.com and download that free guide there. Okay, your challenge this week. Now, we were talking about mentors. Now, this week, I want you to find someone you admire. Maybe they're a freelancer or the owner of a company or maybe someone who's done very well for themselves moving up in a design firm or maybe it's a colleague of yours. It doesn't matter if you know them personally or not. It's totally fine. Your challenge is to reach out to them and ask them for a piece of advice. Now, this could be via email, a phone call, Twitter, or ooh, maybe even in person. And if you want to be really creative, you could make them a handmade note or, or a video or something. Now, I'm going to do this too this week, and I'll, I'm going to post it on, on the Design Draw Speak website. Now, how do you go about approaching someone for advice? Here's what you can do. First off, flatter them. Everybody loves it when people flatter them. So you could say, you know, so you could tell them that you really admire their work and the way the way they did X or the way they landed X job or whatever. And then and then ask them a question, but make it easy for them to respond. If you ask them a convoluted question, they're just going to be like, it's just too hard, and they'll just and they just won't reply. So what you can do is give them options. So for example, you could ask a question like. Um, how did you, as a freelancer, how did you get your first big job? Was it A, referred to you through a contact or B, did you actively seek out and hustle for it? Or C, did they find you through your online portfolio? A, B or C. And that way, all they have to do is write back A, B or C. And if they want to elaborate on that answer, then they will. And if you do get a response from them, make sure you follow up to thank them. And to let them know if you follow their advice. That will mean a lot to them. 
Now, this is good communication skill practice too. So even if you don't get the answer you are hoping for, or if you don't even know what to ask, so what? Just treat it like communication skills practice. You're practicing hustling. And who knows, they they might even be so flattered and impressed at how proactive you are, you may just find yourself with an awesome new mentor. And those sorts of relationships will stand you in excellent stead. You've got absolutely nothing to lose, so go for it. Go ask for some advice. And that brings us to the end of episode 32. For show notes, head on over to designdrawspeak.com slash 032. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, I'm super excited about these private coaching sessions. So get in touch if you need help nailing your job interview or finding one of those elusive graduate positions. Just send me an email at christina at designdrawspeak.com. Have an amazing week. And until next time, this has been Presentation Skills for Design Students, helping you become a confident, creative communicator.